Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Kevin. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over the weekend's action from week two of the McAvoy's Super Value Virginia Intermediate Football Championship and the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship. As always, I'm joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celt, to look back over all of the action. Um, we'll go straight into it, Paul. Um, the Intermediate Championship first game that I have down was Ballamacue against Coot Hill and much to all of our surprises because both myself and yourself went for Coot Hill on this one we we started to listen to the Coot Hill people to our detriment but they were beaten by Ballamacue Yeah, a lot of controversy about us putting Coot Hill in the 20th which was essentially 7th in Intermediate which we said was basically where we were last year but uh, so far Coot Hill I thought they played very well against Paddy Hayes but they obviously didn't play well here because I think on, on all known form, you would have to say that Goodhill would be a wee bit ahead of Paddy McHugh normally, but that definitely wasn't the case here. Great performance at full forward by Mark Kieran. Um, he played very, very well for Paddy McHugh. He actually was probably one to slip through the net in our team of the week nominations. Um, like Paddy McHugh conceded 24 points against Killing Care the first day. So mm. to, to, to go from 24, I know that was in Breffney, um, but to go from 24 to conceding 13 says a lot because we're up against a good attack there. We were raving last week about the likes of Jamie Smith and Shane Sexton so that, in the Hessen. So that that kind of tells you a lot, I'd say, about where this win was built. A great defensive performance by Bally McHugh and then Mark Heron popped up at three points. Shane Tynan in, in his second game uh, in, in adult championship football got 1-3. Only, only a point to that came from a free as well. So I think Bally McHugh probably needed, needed another forward if they're going to get to the next level. And I think Tynan is that forward now. So it's exciting for Bally McHugh because um, they played well against Killing Care, but didn't win the game. But this is a great, that's a great, great victory for Bally McHugh. Another good performance by Shane Tynan, notable, and Peter Devine, a corner forward. I'm, I'm hearing great stuff about Liam yeah, Buchanan. he scored 1-1, Peter Devine. Okay, okay. And Liam, Liam Buchanan in the middle of the field seems to be contributing an awful lot going forward to, to Ballamacu. I know last day obviously got the hat-trick, but even from open play, he was doing an awful lot of driving at this Coothill defence. So, And that's not an easy Coothill midfield to get the better of. It's not, yeah. It's not that. Dermy Conley and John McCutcheon, so we know the quality that's there. Um, and Ballamacu could have had another goal at the end. Um, uh, Alan Corn, I think it was, cleared one off the line uh, with a couple of minutes to go. So, 
Um, yeah, they managed to keep Shane Sexton reasonably quiet. He got three points. Uh, so, the, like, could Hill did get five points from play from their full forward line? Um, well, Steve O'Connor was named in the full forward line, much of where he lined out. But, um, yeah, no, super win all around for Valley McHugh there. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be great to be associated or to be tagged that he was kept quiet, he got three points? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice little compliment there. But if you look through oh. the scores, he tends to score more than that, even in league games. Oh, yeah. He scores one five, one six regularly enough. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Look at a quality player that that takes watching and and could he'll have to bounce back now because they're they're under the cost. They need two wins from two games um in in their final two games of the championship to to give themselves four points should should make the quarterfinal. It'd be well, very last rare, year doesn't. Yeah, last year they did. They were in the same position and they did pull out two wins. And made the quarterfinal. So um, the only thing is, it leaves you at the lower end of the table. You could end up up against, you know, Barriers, maybe someone like that, but or Corner Fane, the form they were in as well. But that's in golf, they say the Saturday in the golf. So a golf tournament in the PGA Tour starts on a Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the final day is Sunday. And Saturday is called Moving Day because that's when really the movers and the shakers fall into place. So the next round is absolutely massive. Yeah. Absolutely huge. So uh, we'll be previewing that over on the Die Hard service later on in the week. And if you want to hear the Romar Energy Team of the Week and the Ultimate Heatpads Player of the Week, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan, where that's all revealed. Second game then in the McAvoy Super Value Intermediate Football Championship, Cornafane against Drumgoon. We both tipped Cornafane on this one and the Reds didn't let us down. On the Declan Beard, they're showing that they can win it different ways finished one goal in 12 to 10 points like a massively high scoring game the week before against Templeport this a little bit closer mm. well corner fame were 195 up at half time in this game uh, and had to withstand a, a bit of a comeback from from John Green in the second half didn't get to this one myself so just going on what I've been told Connor Miner didn't score so normally he comes up with a couple of points uh, for John Green from, from the defence Keith Fannin Early on in the game, it was irresistible, as we've seen. He kicked a sideline ball over the bar. Absolutely majestic. He ended up with three points. Uh, Colonel Farrell had two. Dean Carroll had two. Uh, Mick McDonald only came on, so possibly there was an injury there. Paddy McCabe and Paddy Smith came on. But on the on the Corner Fane team, the Wharton brothers continued to excel there. I know you were saying you covered the game against Templeport and they were excellent. Um, Jack had four points. Uh, Andrew was playing full-back. Dan was playing, I think, centre-back or midfield. Uh, Dean Kilkenny as well, who, who won't, without giving away the team of the week, Dean Kilkenny was on it. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he got a goal. So great win there for, from, for Corner Fane. Under the guidance of Declan Beard, I believe, Damien, is it? Yeah, Declan Beard over the side. and, and Doing a great job there. Yeah, definitely so. And, and there's, there's a lot of quality in that team when they're when they're at top gear and they seem to be very close to the top gear at the moment. So um, they, it almost looks like they've been underperforming for the last few years, but as the, as the rest of the championship goes on, we'll keep a very close eye on, on corner fan, but they're definitely, they're catching the eye with those two victories in, in opening round because before championship, you'd have said that while you'd expect them to be competitive in both games to get two wins from over Drumgoon and Templeport, Corner Fame would have taken the handy for that at the start of this championship. Absolutely, yeah, because the Templeport game looked like a real tough one on paper because they were coming off the back of a, of a big win there. Um, 
in the junior championship final. Trungoon game, fair enough. They probably would have fancied that one because Trungoon have been sort of at the lower reaches of intermediate in the last couple of years. I think they made one quarter final one year, but um, yeah, look, it's it's going to be very interesting because the draw is crucial now. Um, they're going to obviously want to avoid the really big guns, but they'll probably see themselves as one of the big guns now and probably with, with good reason. If they get a decent mm-hmm. draw now, they can top the table. They're eyeing up a semi-final then because you're looking at one of the lower ranked teams. So it's, that's going to be, that's why I said it already, but the draw is going to be absolutely massive now in, in, in painting a picture of what we're going to see, who's going to maybe get get to a semi. Yeah, and, and, and what I like about this system, the competition structure, is that it, it means every single game you've got to go for because you've got such an advantage by getting a quarterfinal ranking of one or two in particular. Um, over three and four. So when you have the opportunity to win four games, you you, you go and you grab with both hands. Mm. Um, the only the only thing with the vagaries of this system is that you might get a good team that gets a tough draw. Uh, like let's say Crucial Law, they've been drawing against Rammer and Calvin Gales, so two of the other top four teams. They've only got one point out of those games. They lost Rammer by a point. Uh, I don't know who they're going to get, obviously, yet in, the, in round three in the senior, but they could end up going in, you know, they could end up if they get through the quarterfinals it could be in 7th or 8th place and that's not going to be a great reward for the team that tops it but in general as you say you got to be as high as you can on the table and you should get a better draw yeah yeah okay third game then was uh, Drumlane against Kilishandra I went for Kilishandra straight out on this one you sorry I went for Drumlane straight out on this one you went for Drumlane, then you changed your mind and went for the draw how close were you I went for Kilishandra and then I changed my mind yeah I listened. Oh, I, actually, I actually listened back to it, and I went, Kilishandra, and then I said, "No, hold on, draw." Absolutely raging with myself. So close. Kilishandra come away with a goal victory, one goal and nine to uh, nine points. Obviously, Drumlane missing a huge amount of bodies, um, and Kilishandra big performers, uh, Tomas O'Reilly and, and Owen Brady. Mm, yeah, they played really well. Now, from from what I was told from the, the man we had at the game for the Celt. He said that that uh, Kilishandra outworked Drumlane on the night. He felt they worked really, really hard, um, and that was was key. Drumlane had a five day turnaround, Damien, and like Dano Dow went off injured after twenty minutes. Another like another injury for, to a key player for Drumlane. But the five day turnaround, I think, needs to be looked at. Like I think it's mm. it's it should be avoided where possible. Like you saw Lavi with a five day turnaround going in against Lara. Jerry Smith goes off injured. I'm not saying it's the reason, but. A five day turnaround is very short. Um, there's no reason why you shouldn't have at least six days. I think, uh, surely that can be. Well, Kilishandra had two extra, they played yeah. Friday night, yeah. That's it, like, and it, it makes a difference. It, it, without a doubt, it makes a difference. It makes a difference on in your recovery, but also what you can do. Um, as you would know, between imagine, games, between games, like, because you know, if you can recover, if you get that extra two days to recover, then you're ready to maybe have a meaningful session and work on things where, rather than just keeping things ticking over and wrapping players up in cotton wool for another game. So on, on the Kilishander team, the scorers came from Fimber Rodden, uh, who got a goal, playing in the full back line. Tomas O'Reilly got a point. Shane O'Reilly got two points. Owen Brady got six points. Five of those were frees. On the Drumlane team, there was only the three scorers. Dara, Dara Dolan with a point. Gary Tubman, who came back into the team, he got three points from play and Darren McGoran got five points for those coming from freeze. So like there was there wasn't much in it really. If you look at at, at mm. I think at halftime was four points each. 
so a very low score and tight first half. The lights went out at one stage as well. Um, so Jermaine were actually winning um, after about 20 minutes, maybe by a point or two. Um, so there wasn't much in it, but the goal came then with about 25 minutes to go. Owen Brady got possession, hit a high shot, uh, and it hit the upright. And Killian O'Reilly was under it, flicked at the Fimber Rudden, and he was totally composed for a defender. It was a, it was a super finish, but a straight into the roof of Harry Clark's net. And suddenly it was a five-point game. And there was no way back really for Jermaine from there because just missing so many. Yeah, difficult to ask for them. Um, we'll 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 be looking ahead to their next task this weekend, which is against Trumgoon on the diehard service. But the third, sorry, fourth game then in the intermediate championship was Arva um, against Bally Hayes. Finished with a comfortable Bally Hayes victory here, one goal in eighteen to seven points. We both went for Bally Hayes on this one, so that's two from. For um for us so far, but Connor Lyons put in a, an exceptionally good display in the middle of the field. Yeah, I thought he put in an excellent an excellent shift for, for Barry Hayes. He kicked a great point in the first half, but it wasn't his it wasn't his point score. It was just great feeling. He won several kickouts, um, and he was just generally industrious. He was always available for a pass, linked to play very well. I thought he was exceptional on the inside line. Kevin Tierney is playing great football at the minute. He, he scored 1-4. The goal came from a penalty. Four points from play. He, he's fully fit now. He's full of running. Uh, he's breaking lines. And I just thought he was absolutely outstanding on the inside line. The penalty, he absolutely buried it as well. They have a strong bench, Bally Hayes. Like they brought on Brian O'Rourke, who's obviously a star, starting currently on the 20 player. Shane McKernan, Jared Brady, who's a very good player. Jamie Smith came on and got three points. Uh, two of those from a from, uh, really tight angle. Uh, Patrick Teven came on as well so I thought it was, it was a very good performance we talked last week about them playing David Brady uh, in a defensive role and I actually thought it worked well this time I can understand why they're doing it because uh, they've lots of quality on the inside line like you've got Kevin Tierney you've got Stephen Smith in, even in the half forward line you've Sean McCormick on the 40 flanked by Martin Connolly and Colin McKernan you have Michael Brady there as well who's a good man to go forward at midfield they probably nearly have an embarrassment of riches up there and they're probably looking at David and saying, well, he's such a good player that he can do a job for us somewhere else. And How did Sean McCormick play in the 40? He, he played okay. Um, he was taken off, I think, uh, but he, he played he played pretty well. Like, you know, nothing, mm. nothing, nothing spectacular out of him, but... That's that. That's my. That's still... And, and, and obviously, if David Brady played well at centre-back, then, then it's great, but... I just think that that's a direct swap. Yeah, Sean yeah. McCormick for me is 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 a really good centre back and maybe full back, but I think maybe he likes to be out to feel a little bit forward. But his best asset is he's a he's a a really competitive individual that that won't let somebody get the better of him. I don't think his asset is his creativity. Um, whereas David has that he, bit more creativity. He he can kick long range points, all right. Off the oh, he left, can. But he can. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's a bit like the Jack Brady debate with Rammer. Like, um, mm. yeah, but that does look like an obvious swap there. Oh, Owen Clark got a point, but he came off as well. So there, were, there was an element of running the bench in that, in that as well. Like, I don't think it was they were saying the fellas weren't playing well. Now, to be fair, Ballyhills didn't overly impress for long spells in the game. There were, there were, let me see now, there were like six four up. Coming up to half time, they were six two up, and then Arva, Keanu Harry came out of goals, kicked the forty five. James Morris, who who scored a few good frees in the game and, and did quite well, um, 
he got them back to six four, and like at that stage, I was standing on the forty five. Peter and, Morris or James Morris? Or sorry, Peter Morris. Sorry. Yeah, they're hard James to tell wouldn't it. be known for his free take. <laughs> they're hard to tell apart, even when you're when you're going through a match before. But uh, <laughs> I was standing on the forty-five meter line, uh, the the side that Ballyheads were defending in in Ballina, and like most of the time, I was looking over to my right. So that'll tell you all oh, the play was up that end of the field. Ballyheads right. had an awful an awful lot of missed chances. I actually, when I totted it up, I think they had seven wides. It felt like more, but they had about six drops short and a couple of moves broke down as well. Um, but it's it's it says a lot about their quality that they come away from that with a one eighteen to seven point win and and yet didn't entirely convince. I think Arva were very very poor on the day. They just were hugely under strength. Kevin Boucher didn't get into the game after after running the game um, when they played Kilishandra. Didn't didn't who, say who was marking Kevin. I'm not sure who exactly was marking Kevin. I'd have to check that. Um, okay. I'm not hundred percent sure, but. Yeah, they're just missing a lot of players. And they had other fellas picking up nagels and things as well as the game went on, like strains here and there. Thomas Brady came up from halfback to score a great point at one stage. But um, I think the loss of Conal Jordan was the was the final blow for this Arva team. Like they were just getting fellas back after a disappointing league due entirely almost to, to injuries. And they just get get a few fellas back and then Conal gets a bad injury against Kilichander. Mm. So... Uh, Do you know what? Ever, ever and bother there now. After, after, I would, I wouldn't like to say after a few years of good luck, but after a few years of good fortune, where they went from when the divisions were ten teams and and they went division four, three, two, one to junior, intermediate. So lose a junior final, win a junior final, lose an intermediate final, win an intermediate final. Like a few years of 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 really positive. They're just they're they're going through a run of bad luck over the last few years, and it seemed to have started with the draw that they got at senior level, and mm-hmm. they, they, their luck hasn't recovered since. Yeah, that's right. And like Johnny McCabe's an unbelievable loss there. Like, yeah. Uh, so you put Johnny McCabe. I know he's out of the country, but they're also missing Kieran Brady, who's an All Star nominee, and they're missing Conan Shorten. Like, without a doubt, those three lads make any any team a cabin any day. Are the so, Midlades both back on the Arva team? No, there's none of the Midlades are playing either. So you know, they're they're so much on their strength. Yeah, they're badly stretched there at the minute. So, uh, but yeah, look, I don't want to be harsh on Bally Hayes because when the penalty went in, I think there was a foot block on Egon Waters. I think that's what the penalty was for. Great penalty by Kevin Tierney. And once that went in, uh, that was it then. And I think Kevin Tierney got a penalty against Cahill as well, if I'm not mistaken. So he's that's two games in a row he's he's hit the net from the spot. But once that went in, then they open up a bit and they got some nice scores. But yeah, I, I think they're I think they're the early pace setters, Ballyhays in this division, along with Corner Fane, but Ballyhays have have uh had came into it probably with a bigger reputation. So if you're a betting man, they're probably the, the form team to back. Hmm. A couple of teams would like to say that they're they're in that top bracket with Corner Fane and Ballyhays. Um one of them that caught the eye this weekend, Baileyborough. Beaten Beltorba three goals and thirteen to seven points. I didn't see this coming at all. I I tipped Beltorba. You went for Baileyborough, so a really big call by yourself. I just thought Beltorba are such a battled, hardened team that they never get beaten like this. But I was wrong. Well, Copa. We actually said that uh, last week that Beltorba had just such pride and a bit of defiance about them that they weren't going to let Collins run through them last week and. That they, that they rarely take a tank and, and then they go ahead and, and take one but uh, <laughs> which is which is funny but 
Yes, a really good all round display by Bailey Borough, I was told from a Bailey Borough man. Well, I think you wouldn't have to be Jim Gavin if it worked that out, Damien. 3 13 to 7 <laughs> points. Um, they, they seem to be on top. They brought on Jack McGuinness and he scored two goals. Uh, Luke Gilson got four points. Oran McIntyre, two points. Reese Clark, four. Rory Farrell, one, two. Um, Mick argue a point. So, they were getting scores from the whole forward line, which is which is huge mm. for them on the on the Baltorba team. And the Henry got six, uh, and I think only two of those came from freeze. Um, and Brenda Vesey got a point, and that was all she wrote really. So uh, Henry's playing great football there. They started Owen McGuigan. Um, they didn't bring on Jason O'Reilly this time. They had Danny Anscombe in goals. So um, Aaron Dunne, who wasn't in the nets this time, but. Yeah, it's, it's it's a majorly disappointing result for for Bilthorpe there because they're looking through their team like they had lots of class players playing likes of Stuart Dunn, Mark Lawler, you know Finn O'Reilly, um, very good players and and then the Henry obviously, but and Don Donald McDonald who got three points last day so major major setback for Bilthorpe there now major whatever has happened there but Bailey great to see them actually kicking on there from last year last year they were in a semi final. Found a bridge a bit too hot to handle in that semi-final, but um, I'm glad it's not a flash in the pan because Bailey had gone through a few a few bad years there where they were struggling to go the group and things. So they mm-hmm. at, they've kept all their players and they've added one or two more. And that's huge. Brought on Connor Gilson as well. He had to be playing in nets, I think, and they brought him on up front. They brought on Jack Barry as well. He's a good good defender to bring on. So um, mm-hmm. super, super stuff out of Shamrocks. Yeah, looking forward to seeing them um, in the coming weeks. Okay, then down to definitely one of the teams who are in that top bracket. Butler's Bridge with a comfortable win over Killing Care. Three goals in 22 to three goals in eight. Going into this game, Paul, you were one ahead of me and then you picked Killing Care and Jesus. I went to the bridge. What a stupid prediction that was. Said. <laughs> what was it? What was I thinking there? No, that was that was crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't know what, yeah. what made, me, made me predict that. I think it was because you're so sweet on the bridge this year that I'm just, I, I disagree. Even though I agree, I'm disagreeing with you. Yeah, you, you, you like to take the opposite side. Yeah. Always good for a debate. Quavian O'Reilly. I, I should, I should correct myself saying that Valley Hayes, the early pacers, the bridge are right up there too, in fairness. I forgot yeah. about the bridge. Yeah, definitely. Quavian O'Reilly, six points, uh, one coming from a free. Fintan O'Reilly, four points. John Fitzpatrick, one, three. And that with the John Fitzpatrick, I, I I nearly feel vindicated with my my call on how good Mark Maguire was last week that he held him scoreless. Like John Fitzpatrick doesn't get held scoreless, um. But for killing care, missing Liam McCabe, missing Luke Cross, and too weak at the back, um, you know, missing such key players. I I think Mark Farley Jr. is back in all right, but only coming back in from injury at this stage. So, um, just. Not not quite at full tilt and would need to be at full tilt to beat a bridge team that's definitely getting better as this championship goes on. Mm, yeah, really are. Like that's just a massive result for Butters Bridge. And like they're they're irresistible uh, as an attacking force. Like looking at, at the list of, of scorers there, like everyone up front was scoring and not just getting a point or two, like John Fitzpatrick won three, Shane Leddy won two, Kevin six, Finton five, Liam McAtee come on and got two, Peter Connolly got two. Kieran O'Reilly got a goal. Jeremy McCurry came up from the full back line and got a point. So just told it sounds like they totally overwhelmed Killing Care there. So Killing Care are, are in major bother. Now I'm pretty sure we predicted that they wouldn't get out of the group. We'll have to return to those predictions now after after three rounds and see how we're looking on those, Damien. 
but yeah. I remember I remember that was a, a call that we kind of agonized over, but uh, they have well, a win. They have a win under their belts. I was just going to say that I don't know if they're in major bother. They, they have two points. It's hard to come back games. from a setback like that, though. Mid championship conceding three twenty two. But again, I I've said it to you repeatedly that I don't know if that bridge backline is good enough to win an intermediate championship. I listed out the scores they conceded last year. They go and concede three eight there again. Like mm. that has to One be a, worry, a penalty. Yeah. Um. So so coming. Yeah. Like probably. Like and all three goals were conceded in the second half of that game from mm. by Butler's Bridge. Now they did make some changes at halftime, and and I think the game was pretty much over at halftime. So uh, maybe there's more more to it than that. But you're still not hearing from Butler's Bridge. You know, Fergal Flanagan being outstanding. Uh, Paddy Flynn is still out at the moment. So. I still think there's a lot of room for improvement on the bridge that, mm. that can strengthen it up. Kahaledi, I think, is playing well. He marked Emmett Fitzsimons in the first half and 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 kept him to no score from open play, I, I understand. And then went in at full back when Colin Dugdale got injured. So um, you know, there, there's a lot. I still think that that the bridge, I agree with you, their back line isn't their strongest asset, but it's stronger than it has been in the last few years. And that's the, the the interesting part. Um, Kieran O'Reilly's a player to, to watch out for in the middle of the field because that's an area that they've been they've been under strength over the last few years. Um, and Peter Connerty's in the best shape I've seen him in in a long time. So yeah, it's just it's just the old the old um, saying that defenses win championships and and attacks win matches. And can the bridge survive three knockout matches with that defense? If they come up against a good team, I'm not sure. And it's nothing against the bridge. I'm just looking at the scores they've been conceding. You don't see teams winning winning championships consistently conceding 18, 19 scores, which which mm. the bridge have been. So uh yeah, as you say, there's fellas to come back in there. Um, and like the four line is sensational. Mm, definitely stellar. Okay, final game then in the McAvoy's Super Value Intermediate Football Championship. It was Kuhullens against Templeport, saving the best for last. It finished. Kuhullins, three goals and 12. Templeport, two goals and 15. We both went for Kuhullins on this one. We were both wrong because Templeport pulled out the draw. But uh, a really eye-catching result there for, for Templeport, considering how convincingly they were beaten in round one. Uh, that, uh, along with Mullerhorn beating Kassaran, I think that's the, the result of the, of the, the weekend as, in terms of an upset and in terms of a team that was written off uh, popping up and just showing absolute defiance and saying, right, we're not going to accept this. I thought that was so impressive by Templeport to bounce back the way they did. Uh, like, you know, the the party was well over after the junior championship by the time they, they came off the field against Corner Fan. But they've obviously, whatever they were doing wrong that day, they've put it right and fellas have stepped up and put in a serious performance. Now, they didn't win the game and Cahullins didn't lose the game. So we, we need to be careful of just overhyping it. But I think it's a massive result for them. On the Cucullins team, they have so many young players and young teams are inconsistent. And yeah. that, is, that is just the long and the short of it. You see it with county minor football and things like that. It's very, very difficult to predict it uh, because anything can happen. You, you can see massive upsets all the time in that. And I know they brought Edo Tate back into the team here, the Killian Lynch in the team. So they had that bit more experience. Obviously, Brian McGee and Evan Doherty, county men. Um, but they're still and Rory O'Connell as well, but they're still essentially a very young side. Like they were bringing on uh, 
they brought on Torlock Farley and Mark Gilson or Connor Smith came on towards the end as well. But uh, I think that's probably where this inconsistency is coming from with Cullens, where you'd see them tearing it up in the league and then went and lost to Mullahorn at home in the semi-final of it. Didn't really impress last week against against Piltorbet. Well, they mm. kind of, it was kind of it was they kind of played good football, but yet didn't shake off what isn't a particularly good Piltorbet team as we, we've since seen. That's that's if it is possible to draw lines of form through any of these matches because it's so it's such a helter skelter championship at the minute. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I really expected Collins to win that to be honest. And I know talking to to a couple of Temple Port lads, they were kind of saying like they thought it was a tough draw for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, take into consideration, Templeport still missing Dylan Rayton. Um, he he's got a two game suspension, so he's going to miss for another one. Benjamin Kelly came back into the team. Owen Doonan with one eight is is phenomenal scoring, and for him to bounce back, so a phenomenal performance in the junior final, a very flat performance against Corner Fane, and then a phenomenal performance against Coo Hollands. Um, you know, it, it shows quality that he could bounce back from it. Um, Owen Martin, I think, hit form in the middle of the field as well. So there's 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 enough in this Templeport team that they, they should be winning games at this level. But with one point from two games and a terrible score difference, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to put in big performance in the final two games. But at least they, they've got the Court of Fame result off their backs now. They can mm. they can enter next weekend, um, where they take on Butler's Bridge with with a little bit of confidence. But you're you're coming up against a definite form team in Butler's Bridge. But mm. I think Templeport now will will be will be looking for that kid. Uh, sorry, it's in it's in Kilishandra. So that that'll be interesting. I, 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 I think the I think they I think they can get that bridge defense myself. Like. Likes it. You're t- really laying it down. No, I, I'm not. I'm just basing on on the stats. But uh, you know, I think the likes of it takes a, a very good defense to hold Dune and McCaffrey Galligan. I, I think both Galligan, both Galligan's there. Like I think yeah. Nisha McKenna come on as well, who's who's a handful. Uh, it takes a good defense to hold all all those. It's not like you just have one fella to watch because, like, Liam Galligan is kind of. Been overshadowed a wee bit now by Owen McCarthy and Owen doing in the recent games, but Liam Callaghan's a class, class footballer. Like, so there's, there's, uh, they have a lot going for them. And uh, well, at the other end of the field, how is their defence going to handle that that bridge attack? It'll probably be the old cliche. A lot of it will come down to a midfield battle there. Temperport are pretty good around the midfield there with Owen Martin as well and young Gavin Donahue. So, um, yeah, and look, at Benjamin Kelly, but he was lying there cornerback, but we didn't, he didn't play there, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to previewing that one. I think we might have a wee falling out there. Yeah, I like a wee falling out. Okay, <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the Microvoice Supervisor Intermediate Championship uh, review. Out of the seven games, Paul, you got three right. I got Jeez. three right, which means going into the Junior Championship, I still lead on this week by a single point as I got three out of the five senior, sorry, four out of, sorry, three out of the six senior championship and you got two out of the six senior championships. So can you turn it back around in the junior championship? We'll, we'll, we'll go through it here. Almost certainly not. No, no, you're, you're, you're in a horrible run of, run of luck here. And it started off terrible for you. Kildallan against Red Hills. You went for Kildallan. I went for Red Hills. Our service. And Red Hills, and Red Hills picked up a six goal um, or, or picked up six goals to win it by one. A phenomenal, entertaining game of football I had. By the signs of it, absolutely everything in it. 
Yeah, it had everything. It even had fireworks on the sideline, uh, on the Red Hill, Red Hill sideline where uh, there was a couple of fallings out as well, which is something you don't see very often. But um, we're not going into and that w- too much. With, with themselves, not with Kildallan. They weren't involved in the falling out. Yeah, yeah. Now, I believe that Torda Community had a super game and kept Red Hills in the game when, when things were going against them. Uh, Paul Martin with a hat-trick. Which yeah, is rare. Which is rare. Ryan O'Neill, as we were talking on the Team of the Week podcast, uh, got two nine and should have had four nine, which is I think he missed a couple of good goal, goal chances. But Ryan O'Neill is a player playing at a level where he can just wreck defenses, and he's been doing that for a couple of years now. Like he's been putting up two two eight two nine two ten uh, with, with regularity. It's not a one off. So that's I'm looking forward to actually seeing Ryan O'Neill because I haven't seen him playing in the last while. Um, Rory Dunn come on the Red Hills team. Yeah, the goal. Could yeah, have had another one. Made a big impact when he came on as well. So uh, I had been told that Rory was a big doubt for the remainder of the championship. So, uh, no, I mean, I'm getting wrong information here. I know you've got spies yeah. in Red Hills and my spies are obviously giving me the wrong info. That's what's, that's the only thing that's separating us in this prediction competition. <laughs> yeah, imagine scoring, scoring 316 and losing the game. No, it's criminal. And by all accounts, well, sorry, by, by the accounts that I heard from it, um, I might say not from Red Hills accounts, but that Kildallan were a better side, kept on just getting themselves in front or getting themselves level with points. And then all of a sudden, I don't believe it. it's another goal. I cannot believe we've let another goal. We can't let that happen again. Shit, there's six of them after going in. Yeah, unreal. Like at one stage, it was 13 <laughs> scores to eight, but five of the Red Hills scores were goals. It was 211 to 5-3, which is just, Unbelievable. just crazy. Unbelievable. So, okay. So that left me one ahead of you, or two ahead of you on the week overall. Then into Knockbride against Drummalee. We both went for Knockbride on this one, and they didn't let us down. Two goals in 10 to one goal in nine. Close enough game. Um, the goals being the difference. Second goal, uh, Drummalee got a goal from a penalty. Uh, Knockbride got a goal from a penalty, but the second goal for Knockbride coming from Liam Fay was a lovely ball in behind the defence by Niall McCabe. Peter McGinty came out. It was it was a long way out. It was out around the 13 middle line, maybe a little bit further out. But Liam Fay showed pace and power and just nipped in there. Now McGinty came out expecting him to gather the ball and then try to go round him. But he had the presence of mind to just palm it over Peter's head and and, and let it trickle into the back of the net. Really, really clever play by, by Liam Fay, who's got physically very strong. You know how strong Enda McCormick is. And he didn't look out of place in the battle um, to, to muscle with Enda McCormick. So that says an awful lot about it. But the, the overall spread of scores from the forward line uh, for Knockbride, uh, Roy Donahue, three points, Liam Fay, 1-1, one, one. Niall McCabe, 1-1, one, one. Frank Bournes got a point, Brendan Carlin got two points, and Kieran Smith got a point. So your, your starting six forwards all hit scores for Knockbride. Drumley a little bit over-reliant on Kean Bourne, who finished with 1-5, a really good display by him, and Sean O'Kane, who finished with three points. Uh, Tommy Walsh was the only other Drumley scorer um, with a point from wing half-back. So not not the best of displays by Drumley that we've seen this year. Obviously, Drum, they, they played it quite a bit better, but they'll come away from it thinking, well, we're not a million miles away from this at the moment. You know, we, Knockbride are a good side, and, and with a little bit of tweaking, we could compete with them. We could be there, thereabouts. So it's uh, it's not all done for Drumley just yet, but Knockbride with two wins from two, they'll be delighted going into the next round. Good stuff, Knockbride, yeah. 
Okay, so next game up was Kill Shamrocks against Mount Nugent. We both went for Mount Nugent. They finished off with a what's that a five point victory one goal of 14 to 12 points really good win for Nugent um information is scarce on on this one so we'll return to that later on in the week when we're looking ahead to the weekend's action final game in the on Saturday in the McAvoy's or sorry in the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship was drunk against Mahara you were excited Paul you're looking forward to getting to see this Mahara side they Scored five points and conceded four goals in 16. Were you let down? Yeah, four, four, 17, I think I had it in my report, was it? Uh, yeah, 417. Maybe maybe the official score that went in was 416, but I had it at 417. I was intrigued by Mahara, and we were talking about it recently. And then I said on the podcast, I'm going to the next game. And you went, right, it's on two, to quarter past two on Saturday, Breffley. And I was like, oh, shit, I have to go to it now. <laughs> you call, yeah. you called me bluff on it. So I went into it and... Uh, I, I kind of was as I expected. Like Mahara are miles off the pace in, in junior football. Like Drung had 17 wides and missed a penalty and won it by 24 points. Now, I, what I said, I was going to try and look at them and say, how can a team lose so many games? Like it's almost unprecedented, I think, in the country for a team to be going to go to a decade without a win and playing in junior ranks and losing mm-hmm. so heavily. It's not like there's a, there's a mental block there and Mahara losing the games narrowly or whatever. They're losing every game by over 20 points here. And the first thing I noticed is that they're drunk were much fitter than them. But also drunk used the ball a lot better. Mahara were 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 just lumping a lot of ball out to the middle of the field on the kick out. And they had a very good fielder there in, in Brendan McConnell. Uh, he was he was exceptional. He must have won about 10 kickouts, which was which was serious. When they could find him, he he was winning it. Um and in general playing Michael Muldoon was quite good. But a lot of the time, the ball was coming straight back in. I just thought they were lacking in fitness and they were lacking in, in skills. Yeah, so I don't know. It's a tough one for Mahara because they're trying, they're trying there, but there doesn't yeah. seem to be a great culture just around the, around the team. And I don't know, is it doing them any good being in that division? But I also, I also don't know, would Mahara win? In their current iteration and the way they, they played on Saturday, I don't know, would they win a game in a, in a reserve competition? I think potentially if they were in a reserve competition and they trained really hard uh, for it, they could potentially. But as it is now, you put them into a junior C competition, they're not winning any games, I don't think. Do you know, and, and I take absolutely zero pleasure in saying this, but I've I've lost my 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 pity or my sort of any any bit of, of, of admiration around it. I I'm 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 the more you think about it, something somebody has to intervene here. Something has to be done because the integrity of the competition is gone when Maher are there in junior championship. And it's not fair on the rest of the teams that they are going to be disadvantaged by not getting Mahara in the draw. And that's 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 the that's the outlier in this competition. And we've seen it in the past, we've seen it over the last few years that when it comes down to score difference, it's always well, did you get Mahara or did you not? And that's that's not fair. It's it's only getting worse, and it's not. It's somebody or something has to has to change here, and it doesn't look like it's going to be changed by Mahara alone. Mahara on their own. So the county board for me have to step in here. We we've got to bring in a relegation out of junior championship uh, for does, me. Yeah, well, not not necessarily relegate Mahara, but 
I, Maher need help. Like that, there's no doubt about that. Maher need help. There's something going wrong there, and sometimes it takes an outsider to come in and help with it and address it because, uh, yeah, you're talking about one of the oldest clubs in Cavan. Now I know there's there's underlying factors for uh, a lot of players in the in the catchment area play with Rammer. That's an underlying mm-hmm. factor. But that is, there's no point just saying, well, yeah, they, we're losing lads to Rammer and saying, okay, we're happy to go out and and lose every single game by over twenty points. Because you, you're losing lads to Rammer. You could lose every game by 20 points. That's not going to change. So we're going to lose more lads to Rammer. And you have to figure out, it's no different than when Drummondy were losing lads to Cavan Gales. Why? What are we doing wrong that they want to go there? You know, you've, you've got to self-examine. And that's, I, do, I just don't know. Like, like Mara have good lads over the team, like like Shane McHugh, who was a cla- in my time in the past, class footballer. There's some good players there. There's definitely some good players there, but confidence on the team is very low. You can see it. You can see players and you look at them and go, I can tell he's a good footballer, but then he goes and makes a terrible mistake. We haven't even talked about Drung, Damien. Uh, I suppose, what can you say? Cale and Riley was very good. The McEntees were all very good, but there was so much space in the full back line. It was, it was unbelievable. Like Paddy McEntee had five points scored in the first half. And I don't think anyone got within a few yards of him. So, it's a real difficult one, like because I went home and watched the All Ireland final, then, and I was thinking to myself, it's a different sport. Just watching a different sport, it's like it's like watching me playing golf and then watching a pro playing golf. It literally is a different game they're playing. Mm. Yeah, someone made the point to me that that at one point Coot Hill were, were struggling, and they had very little coming through in underage. This must have been the eighties, I would say, and. They went seven years in a row. The senior championship was knockout. They went seven years in a row without winning a game in it. Uh, beating in the first round of the championship. Had nothing coming through with underage. They were the second biggest town in Cavan at the time. And the county board didn't intervene back then. And luckily enough, could Hill figure it out by themselves. And the club didn't go into an absolute free fall. But I do think there was an onus on the county board to, to intervene here uh, with the Mara situation. And just... Maybe they have. I don't know. Maybe there's been discussions behind the board. But I, I, I think that it's it's the closest club to Dublin. The county board needs, for, for the county teams and everything else, we want every club to be maximising what the, uh, their potential. And when you mm. see a team falling so far behind, I don't necessarily think it's their fault. I just think that it's probably a combination of factors, a perfect storm, and it's just all gone against them. Look, uh, just, just to finish off, Kurt Hill or Senior, when mm. they went and and they didn't get relegated into intermediate, even though there was relegations at that stage. Mm. So there's 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 you're not comparing like with like there. Unfortunately, the other thing is but that it was a good man made that point to me. But they were struggling at underage big time. But, but if it's yeah, not, yeah, I know what you're saying. If, if it's not Mahara's fault, who who's whose fault is it? You know that I. I don't get me wrong. You you can look at it and say right, the bigger club done this, but how did they become the bigger club? Like. We've, I, 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 it is a mini version of, of this situation we've experienced in Drummalee, where for years we lost our best players going into Cavan Gales. But it, you've got to look at yourself. You've got to figure out what you can do to improve that situation. And I don't doubt, like, I know there's two Drummalee, ex Drummalee players that are up there now in, in Paul Mohan and, and, and Terry Keegan, uh, good lads, and, and they're going to, they're going to do what they can there to help, I'm sure. And there is lots of good people. But they've got to get this house in order. They've got to figure out, right, look at it. If, if you're going to a game and you're identifying fitness, let's, let's go and prove it that it's fitness and make an improvement on that alone. 
at senior level or if it's skill execution, make an improvement, but it's not going to get better without a lot of hard work. And that, that's where it's all going to have to start. And, and, and for me, it's Mahara who are going to have to do that, not, not the county board, not anybody else. Mm. And, and if they don't start doing it, then why allow the competition to be compromised? But you see, some, that's the interesting point, because some people will look at that and go, well, look, what harm? Mahara, um, they're a club, they've been in existence a long time, they've, they've uh, contributed a lot to the association in Cavan, and if they want to play the junior championship, what harm is it doing? But what I actually, what actually bugs me a wee bit is that the junior clubs have consistently voted against allowing the second teams of the senior clubs into that competition. And I think if you're, if you're playing for Cavan Gales, we say a few years ago when they were very strong, uh, and maybe you're, you've been a, a county underage player, possibly, if you can't break into that Gales team, you don't want to sit in the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, are you not entitled to play junior A championship football? Like, do you not have uh, as much entitlement as other fellows who maybe are putting in or haven't put in as much effort as you over the years? So that's where that's the other element of it. And maybe that would be better for the game overall in the county. So, so I don't think Mahara should amalgamate necessarily. I know there was a big move a couple of years ago for Mahara to amalgamate with much content and it nearly happened. Um, but that might necessarily be the, be the, the answer. With Corla, it's a different thing because Corla have one national school with, with 35 odd kids in it. And it's always it's a numbers issue. Yeah, it's going to be hard to sustain a club out of that. In Mahara, you probably have more children. Now, you're losing children to, to Rammer, obviously. But, but you to... don't hear them conceding games. So I don't think numbers is the issue. And I think that's where I'm, 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 I'm almost saying that it's Mahara's problem to solve here. And if they don't let the county board solve it for them, numbers isn't their issue. They're, they're, you don't see them in league games conceding. You know, they go out and they play every week and, and, and that's a credit to them. But, but not being competitive is their own doing at the end of the day. And I think, I, I, like, look at, I, I'm not saying there's plenty of clubs around the country that play against second teams of, of bigger, stronger clubs and are still a club. Mm. Just because they go down to a reserve championship doesn't mean they're not a club. Of course they're a club. But they're, at least at that point, they're a club that might be competitive. They're not that at the moment, and and it's it's gone it's gone past uh, it's gone past just the stage where you can where it can be ignored. I think personally, but anyway, we'll move on. Okay, um, Michael Fitzpatrick Jr. Now, this, now, now we've pissed off one entire club. We can move on. <laughs> and I think in fairness, they 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 think of most of that themselves. I'm sure, but anyway. Yeah. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Okay, then against Muncher Connacht and uh, Muncher Connacht probably producing the upset of, of the junior championship this week. Coming out with a draw, I took an Ushin Kieran in point or a free from near the sideline or right on the sideline, I think, actually. 
um, for Den to pull a draw out of this one. Two goals in nine to one goal in 12. Big, yeah. big surprise here. Den, very, very lucky to get on the air this game. They got two fluky goals where the ball bounced in over the head of uh, the much current goalkeeper, I believe, as well. So they were extremely lucky to get anything out of it. Munchakarnock played really well by all accounts and and very unfortunate not to get the win. So whatever has happened, whatever happened to Dan there, because they had bounced back very well from their junior final defeat with a great win in the opening round where they, I think it was against Kill, wasn't it? And they put that game to bed early on like and, and impressed. Uh, but look, I think I think you have to hand it to them for the resilience they showed because they're Galena's favourites. The wheels are coming off, but they didn't... They didn't um, lie down and they didn't accept accept this defeat because it looked like a defeat at one stage against Munch Connacht and, and they dig, did dig deep and I think that bodes very well for them Like because there was a goal from uh, Sean Nolan he played a 1-2 with Endo Shea and he buried it the game was going into injury time and referee Oliver O'Reilly gave one last chance to to Den and Ocean Kieran stepped up and Ocean Kieran had a great game he got five points one free four from play from midfield and um, Ted was kept to one free, so I don't know was Ted fully fit or not. It would be very unusual for him to be kept to, to one point from a free. Um, on the Den team as well, Mark Fagan had a great game. Uh, he 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 scored one of a, one of those goals I was telling you about. That he scored that. He also came up and scored I think a forty five. Uh, but it was really all about much of Connacht. They were the better team, and they should have got the win. And they're one of those teams now that's at the head of the chasing pack. Much of Connacht, mm-hmm. Mary Nugent, Drummley. Red Hills, possibly, um, even maybe even Kildallan, they're all just chasing there. You, um, Shannon Gales reports of their demise have been exaggerated as well. They got a win, so uh, a good showing by the Munchies there. Yeah, Stephen Shorten picking up three points for for the Munchies as well. Big and um, Kent Fidojo, um with a, a point from the middle of the field. John McCabe with a point, I think, as well. So good, good spread of scorers there. Um, worryingly for Den, Mossy Core picked up an injury um, and might leave him out for, for a bit of time. So that's a that's a big, big blow. Cavell Kyogen is out injured at the moment. He didn't play at the weekend. James Brady coming up and getting a goal from centre-back. But they don't look at full strength. Uh, Bernard Galligan, or, yeah, Bernard Galligan didn't start. Michael Gaffney didn't start for, for Den either. So there's, um, there's a little bit of flux going on in the den side at the moment but Endo Shea I thought four points from Enda two from Freeze and two from open play he's a young player seen him play in that division two on the 20 final and uh, excellent on Freeze and good from open play as well so so yeah a, a, a nice young team in Munter Connacht I think that they'll um, they'll be they'll be pushing a long way name's gone from my head but the big tall lad what's his name oh yeah Shane, Handley. Shane Handley. didn't play yeah. didn't, didn't play. play either mm. So uh, they're not at full tilt either. See, he, he was listed as number 22. But a uh, so bit, bit, bit of improvement for both yet. Um, but much of will definitely take a lot out of that one. Yeah, the man you mentioned there a second ago came on at the end, um, Michael Gaffney, and he was pivotal in the turnaround for then. He deserves a mention. Did very well coming off the bench. Okay. Final game of the weekend then was Shannon Gales against Swan Bar, local derby down in St. Adams Park in... Uh, Bombay finished Shannon Gales one goal and 13, Swan Bark two goals and seven. A big win for Shannon Gales. Neville O'Donnell obviously back, still missing Shane Walsh, Creevin O'Reilly not available, or sorry, Creevin McGovern not available. So 
Um, Shanigas would be delighted to pick up the win on this one. Yeah, we'll have to return to this one, Damien, because I'm waiting on details on this game. So maybe we'll come back to those two junior games later in the week when we okay. when we can fill in the blanks. The other game that we missed the other day, just to talk about it briefly, because we have discussed it uh, in, in fits and starts, was, was Lara's win over Lavi, which was last Thursday night and fell through the cracks a wee bit. Um, that was a phenomenal win for Lara. We talked with Fergal O'Rourke on the Team of the Week podcast uh, with a majestic performance. I thought Paul Smith as well, who also made the Team of the Week, ran the game from centre forward. Jack McKenna with an unbelievable second half. Fergal McKenna providing leadership and feeling kickouts and kicking scores. So Lara really are a team that has kicked on and they're starting to deliver a little bit on that potential they showed a couple of years ago. Jason Walsh at centre-back, I, I thought it was very good. He picked up a black card in the end. But once again, that half-back line of Lee Riley, Jason Walsh, Ian Letty contributing on the scoreboard. Ian Letty getting a goal this week. They're, they're so important to the way Lara play. Uh, the two Coonies at cornerback, good, good cornerbacks, but very good at bringing that ball out from the full-back line. Um, I thought the worrying thing, really worrying thing for Lavi is that Jared Smith was off injured. Looked like it was a hamstring issue. And take him out of that team at the moment. Paul Gugrist only coming back from injury. Shane Tierney not firing well. That's two games in a row that you know he, he was kept to a mark um, as a single score against Lara. They're, they're not playing really well. Chris Conroy scored one point from a free. Didn't really affect the game at all. Um, and Danny Cusick is still out injured. Like The, the alarm bells are ringing here for Lavi. This is... I, I know they have two points on the board and they beat Castle Rahan, but it was a Lavi man who said to me, don't take that, that result too seriously, that Castle Rahan looked very, very poor and we're not good. So, and, and obviously not a current player, but... Um, well, La- Lavi, I've heard it said that Lavi played the worst they've played in all the years, all those titanic clashes with Castle Rahan. That was the worst of them and that was the one that they won because mm. they only scored a point from play, but they got five goals... Uh, Lavi, yeah, they're in a bit of bother. Now, that, that two points they picked up is absolutely massive against Kasaran because depending on the draw, there's a lot of teams out there that will fancy playing Lavi now. Uh, now but Lavi have shown in the last few years that you can never write them off, but this is as bad as I've seen them at the minute. For some reason, they're in just a bit of a lull. And that's, that's along with the Crush Law quarterfinal a couple of years ago, but they were absolutely decimated with injuries that day. I think that Lara game last Thursday night was the worst I've seen them. But uh, Lara, good to watch. Jack McKenna, like he's got that power and pace. He can take on players around the outside and just get the. You see the legs move. You remind you of Chesty Riley in his prime when he takes off on a run and the, the legs start pumping. He's like a cyclist. And mm-hmm. I thought he was thought he was uh, turning in a great second half. So yeah, just important that we give that game a bit more of a mention. Mm, the interesting thing for Lavi being that um, so the relegation playoff. One team will avoid relegation playoff in senior. Um, and so it's the bottom four. So 10th, 11th, 12th and 13th will play off against each other. That one win against Castle Rahan could prove absolutely massive. <clears throat> Although there are only three teams at the minute who have no points. That's Shercock, Killigarry and Castle Rahan are the three teams with no points after, uh, well, two games for, for the most. But Shercock and, and Mullahore have only one game played there. So it's um, it, it's... Another point should go a long way for them, but two points you'd imagine should keep them in the in the senior championship. But they'll be looking out for the draw this this coming weekend to hope that they can pick up something along the way. So, Paul, finish off our predictions in the junior championship. Out of the six games, 
you got four correct. Yes. So well done on that one. But I also got four correct. You know where uh, you lost it? No. You 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 went for um your own club or you went against your own club, Red Hills. <laughs> oh, that was the one that killed you on it because you could have gone level with me on the week. Um I went for the difference was I went for Red Hills, you went for Kill or Kildallan. I went for Swad, you went for Shannon Gales. So we ended up um we ended up level pegging, which means on the week. I got 10 out of 19 right, which was a terrible performance, but you got 9 out of 19 right, which was terrible minus 1. <laughs> oh, it's worse than getting. Which also means that on the championship so far, I'm two ahead of you. Okay, out of 38 games, I've got 21 right, you've got 19. So we look forward to the weekend preview to, to hear who we should um, back against once we hear who you're going for. Um, okay, folks, don't forget previews coming up on Thursday and Friday of the three championships the Kieran Service Station Senior Football Championship, McAvoy's Super Value Virginia Intermediate Football Championship, and the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Junior Football Championship. We'll also have Aiden Coyle on the Die Hard Service to go through all of the ladies' football championship results from the weekend gone by. Busy weekend over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan and if you haven't already subscribed or, or hit the follow uh, to our live broadcasts, it's on MixLR, follow We Are Cavan, and you get a notification for all of the games that we go live for. We'll be live at a few games over the weekend, starting on Friday night again, as always. But uh, we also have a, a feature that's working really well, Paul. We have the, the live updates on the phone. You're at one game, I'm in another one. Keen McCabe's helping us out. Creven McGovern has been jumping in. Eddie Halligan has been helping us out. Kevin Donahue. We've got bodies round the grounds that are giving us live updates while the game is going on in, in Kingspan Breffney. So always a good good feature. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to another big weekend, Damien. Thanks a million, folks, for listening to the McAvoy Supervalued GA podcast on We Are Kevin. <laughs>